Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with business women who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Hello and welcome back, my friends, to Fragmenters. I am just so excited to see how many people have been listening and interacting with us. Go ahead and pop into our Facebook group where our conversation continues and also like, review, subscribe on any of your podcasting apps. It really helps get the word out that we exist and shares our story. So speaking of stories, today, Taylor Adams is joining us. She is a real estate investor and a finance content creator. Welcome, Taylor. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Can you start by telling us how you got into real estate and then, of course, content creation? Yeah, absolutely. So back in 2018, my husband and I were looking for our first home. Um, We had been renting for a while and we lived just outside of Boston. We were both working in the city. And so we knew we needed to live kind of close to the city, but that was quite expensive, as many of you know. So we were like, you know what, why don't we buy a multifamily? We can live in one unit, we'll rent out the other. And that's called house hacking. But we didn't know that at the time. We kind of accidentally started in real estate investing. And we were like, whoa, oh my gosh, this is such an unlocking mechanism. We want to keep doing this. And so in order for us to keep doing it, we needed to do it out of state where things um, could be more flexible. There were low barriers to entry when it came to pricing. So that led us to out-of-state multifamilies. It led us to now short-term rentals. We are on our second house hack. And so that's kind of how the real estate portion started. And then the creation portion, that also kind of, I kind of fell into that too. These it's like the best things, they just kind of come to you, right? So in 2020, in March, 2020, I was four months pregnant with my first daughter and I was working as a real estate agent because we were about to make this transition where I had just left my W-2 job and I was going to do the real estate agent thing for a little while until my husband could leave his job and we could focus on our properties full time. Mm -hmm. Well, the world got turned upside down and I, right? (laughs) Really? (laughs) And so uh, we made the decision that I would take some time and just focus on my pregnancy and all of that because I didn't want to be interacting with the public right at the beginning of this pandemic. We had no idea what was going on. And so I can't sit still for more than two seconds. So that led me to starting to renovate more portions of our house hack that we were living in and also trying to build this community of women in the real estate field. I had connected with an old college friend of mine who we were like going to all these networking events pre-pandemic and we were like, we're the only women here. We'd love to find other women. And so we started this community and it has evolved now into this education around personal finance and real estate investing for specifically millennial women, but really for for anyone um, who's looking to get started in real estate. So long story short, that's how these this came to be. That's awesome. When you say short term, do you mean like Airbnbs? Yep, exactly. I've heard there is so much money in that. (laughs) It is definitely high cash flow. That is for sure. (laughs) So it's 
I'm really excited to be on here with you because one of Nick and I's end goals is to be in industrial storage. So from, from what I understand, there's family, home, what's that called? Real estate? Like a single, single family. Yep. So, and then there's apartments, then you get into company and what's that called? So that's commercial. Commercial. Oh my gosh. I said it a hundred <laughs> times before we started. <laughs> so that's commercial real estate. And then there's industrial. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And industrial and commercial sometimes can have an overlap, um, but yeah, they can definitely be separate also. Um, and that's so cool that you're interested in that. I think that's the neatest thing about real estate is it's whatever you are interested in. Um, and that can evolve over time. And it can also be multiple things. So like, you know, we've done house hack, we've done long-term residential, we've done long-term commercial, commercial residential, which is just something that's over five units is considered a commercial property. So it's like apartments. And then I would really love to get into hotels. That's like the thing that I want to get into next because I love the idea of hospitality. But the really cool thing about what you're interested in is that is one of those kind of like recession proof style real estate investments that people talk about. And it's really relatively low lift, um, but it's a little bit more of a business as opposed to like a passive. It's so fun. There's just, there's just so much to it. There is. And when I first heard about real estate, the only thing I knew about was residential. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, you got to, I came from a town of 3000 people and then I moved to a town of like 1800. So I didn't have a lot of experience in the world. So getting out there in the world and seeing how much you can really diversify Mm -hmm. just in real estate is impressive. And with the industrial, that's part of the reasons. I love the quote unquote recession proof. We just purchased a dry cleaner and a laundromat. (gasps) Laundromats, recession proof. Love that. Love that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You guys are already in. I love that. That, I mean, (laughs) end goal is we have three businesses currently. We have our selfie studio, the dry cleaner laundromat, which actually has three different storefronts. And then we sell wine barrels. And my goal is to get into commercial or especially industrial storage, move our businesses into our unit, and then you pay yourself. Yes, (laughs) I love that. That is so, wow, we are very aligned. So my husband and my ultimate dream is to open a vineyard. That is like the the ultimate dream. We're like, we're working towards that goal. We're on our way. Um, So I'm very curious to hear more about this wine barrel (laughs) business, you know, when you have time. (laughs) So essentially we clean up the vineyard's garbage. (laughs) So what Someone's got to do it. (laughs) Exactly. What we do is we go and talk to wineries, vineyards, and negotiate pricing on the barrels that they can no longer use because you can only use them and rechar them so many times. And then yes. they will put inner staves and have those charred, but after so many uses, they're trash. So instead of so getting trashed, we we're on Eastern Idaho. We don't have that stuff here. So we go to yeah. the, the coast and talk to them, buy theirs, and then resell them here or we make a lot of furniture out of them too. That is so cool. Oh, I think, oh my gosh, that is so fun. I I love how many, just there's so many options out there if you're creative with yes. 
what you want to do. Like I would have never thought of what you're doing. And that is so cool. Somebody needs to do that. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's just, I wanted it and it wasn't here. That's all. And I know I'm very unique, but I'm not that unique. So (laughs) I knew there had to be other people, you know? I love that. That is so cool. So you said you've been in real estate a while, but did you get into any schooling? I know you have to get a license for it, but do you have formal education or anything? So yes, well, not in real estate necessarily. Um, So I originally went to school for architecture, but ended up switching to business. So I have my bachelor's in business entrepreneurship, which who knew it would translate into me having my own business um, and a minor in art and design. And then I got my master's in organizational leadership uh, Mm because I was working in higher ed for a number of years. It was an amazing career. I loved working in higher ed. And so it was bittersweet to leave. And real estate kind of was something that had been just kind of in my life a little bit throughout the years. My dad had flipped a house. He was always really into doing renovation work on our home. So I was always kind of exposed to that, but they never went full on real estate investing. But I think I always was kind of curious. So the interesting thing about investing in real estate is you don't actually need a license to uh, be a real estate investor. I did have my license because I was practicing as a real estate agent for a while, but personally, I would recommend, well, this was my own recommendation, would be to not get your license because then that puts you in the position of being your own buyer and seller. You basically are like, well, I have my license. I might as well be my own you know, buyer's agent or my own seller's agent. Mm-hmm. There's already so much that goes into the process as the buyer, as the seller, that you're just putting this additional burden on yourself. And honestly, the amount that you would be able to take off of commission or whatnot really doesn't make that much of a difference. In my experience, using my license for our investment properties, it wasn't worth it. And so I actually just got rid of my license this year and I'm very excited. (laughs) I have, uh, her name's Kirsten. I interviewed her early on and she did the same thing. She got her license because her husband was investing and he, she finally quit because it, it was his thing. And she is now a fitness and nutrition coach. So she's like, I loved supporting you, but this is your gig and I have to do what makes me happy. So absolutely. And that's what's important. It is absolutely. (laughs) So you've told us a lot about what you've done. Well, a little bit about what you've done, the different types, but I'm wondering what's been your biggest obstacle Yeah. So I think there's a couple, um, there's a couple different things that have been opportunities to really grow within real estate investing. I'll start one. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, when we first got started, (laughs) it was, you know, podcasts and books and just insane amount of networking events and trying to find people who we could connect with. And we really struggled with that in the real estate investing world. And I think one of those obstacles was finding that community, which is why I wanted that community of women so badly, because we just felt very kind of like lonely and isolated because our friends, you know, weren't really in that industry. And then we had to go make these, make friends with people that like maybe just weren't 
our people. And so that was the struggle, kind of finding our community. I think the other piece that has been a struggle is on the community piece, I guess, is learning from other women who are going through kind of the things that I have gone through in my real estate investing journey. So sometimes it can be hard to be taken seriously. Um, you know, I will be the person who calls the, um, you know, the handy person or, you know, calls all the contractors. And there has been the occasion where it's like, can I talk to your husband or like, what does your husband think? And I'm like, well, my husband, my husband's doing something else. I'm focusing on this right now. I'm on the phone with you. And so figuring out how to kind of traverse that has been a little bit challenging. And I think just trying to understand and move through that. I love that you admitted how hard it was to start <laughs> yeah. because so many people are like, just start a business. And you're like, okay, I'll just start a business. No. That's not, that's not hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. Everything that you have to know and they just expect you. They're like, so is this a, a, a C to B? And I'm like, I have no idea what that even is. You know, there are so many acronyms that are thrown out and the expectation of knowledge when you're a newbie. I'm just really glad we're in the age we are. Cause like you said, there are resources. There's YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube is the best. Um, so podcasts, helpful. books and networking for sure. Now that yeah. everything's a little bit opening back up, you know, there's more resources to network and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us, I think that you and I had talked about that group you set up before. So can you tell everyone else a little bit about this real estate group? And now you said you focus more on education. Yeah. So, um, so originally I had started, I had a podcast and a group called the Women's Investment Network with my very good friend, Beth. Um, and we took a little bit of a hiatus, um, because she had a baby. So we're, we're on a little bit of a pause, but I recently connected with these two other incredible women in personal finance who um, are really focused on creating an investment club for women, which is very interesting because (laughs) if anybody out there is in the real estate investing world at all, you'll know about some of the um, investing groups that are for like the wives of the husband or like the partners of the husband, but there's none that are like, I am a woman who invests like I, this is my group. So, so that group is called, um, invest like a woman. And it is a amazing location for real estate investing, other types of investing that you're interested in, and then also budgeting. And I think the power of these communities is so important. Like I said, I had this group that I was really passionately working on and we had to take a pause. And I think that's just like natural in Mm -hmm life and in business. And then it gave me the opportunity to be connected with these two incredible women and um, partner with them on this investment club. So um, I'm in a little bit of a transition period right now where I am building my own personal community, but then working into some bigger, um, bigger things. That's exciting. That is always (laughs) exciting. So you said you had a baby in 2020. So they're about two. 
Yeah, she's turning two in like two weeks. I I can't believe I have a baby. First of all, I can't believe I actually have a child, but I can't believe she's turning two. I, it just blows my mind. She's amazing. <laughs> it's today I posted a picture of my son. He was the last son, last child that I birthed. And he is a freshman in high school. And my <gasps> oldest is a freshman in college. Oh my goodness. Right. It is today has what been an emotional roller coaster, I am yes. sure. Holy moly. Yeah, those are some big, big changes and transitions in their lives. Oh my yeah. gosh. And for well, you. And I just remembered the two-year-old stage. So yeah. they say it goes fast. I know everyone says, but it really it really does. It really does. Yeah. The days are long, but the years are so short. Yes. For sure. How has your, I know that you kind of transitioned what you were doing after your pregnancy, but how mm-hmm. has having her affected the work-life balance? Yeah, it's a great question. So I always try and tie it back to my ultimate why. Um, so my big why is to have the time and financial freedom to spend with my family. And so that at the beginning, that really was just my husband and I, and we really wanted to spend that time together. But now that I have my daughter, it's this whole new world of trying to figure out what do I actually want my work-life balance to look like? So like I mentioned uh, earlier this month, so I retired my husband on August 6th. So we've been working working together for uh, 23 days now. But what that actually means for us in this moment is that he is watching her two days a week and then I'm with her one day a week and then she's with my parents um, two days a week. And it's going okay. Like I'm trying to figure out what that balance is. I was with her three days a week while my husband was working his W-2 job and I miss it. You know, I really miss spending that time with her. I definitely struggled in the beginning um, when I first had her making that transition from somebody who was so go, go, go. And so just like had to be productive to someone who really had to take a step back and, you know, be a mother. And now two years later, I'm in this struggle with myself where I'm like, you know, I, I have these big goals. I have this big vision of what I want to do, but I also I'll have this vision of, you know, picnicking with my daughter on a Wednesday afternoon at the park um, right. instead of sitting at my desk. So I think I'm I'm playing around with it. And I think the one benefit of the situation that we're in right now is it it's going to be able to evolve with us because we've removed, you know, the W-2 from the picture. And it's us deciding what does the day-to-day look like? What does the week-to-week look like? Yeah, that is incredible. You have no, I mean, you still have external factors at play. You deal with people, you're buying and selling for people, I assume, but having someone dictating your time, that's gone now. So exactly. that is, that's awesome. Have you thought about, are you in a stage where you can get like house help? Cause that's one thing a lot of women I know are really hesitant on but it is a game changer. (laughs) Oh yeah. So I am huge on delegation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will, 
Um, I will delegate everything if I could. Um, my husband and I are in a battle with who we hire first, either a cleaner or someone to do the laundry. And I'm like, <laughs> I think we need to hire both <laughs> because I really need help. <laughs> so um, yes, so we haven't yet, but it is on our plan to do that probably in the next six months. I want to hire a cleaner. We need to hire landscapers, laundry. Um, I will admit I'm not an exceptional cleaner. I'm not really good at keeping up with the laundry. Same. Um, Same. <laughs> I'm just not. It's just not. I can't think in a messy place, but that doesn't mean that I'm good at cleaning it. <laughs> Oh, I'm good at ignoring a mess. I'll admit it. <laughs> My husband's good at ignoring the mess. It makes me crazy. But then I'm just like, everyone get out of the house. Let me clean it for two seconds. And then, you know, I'll never clean it again. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, well, one thing I want to throw out there is yes. at our dry cleaner and laundromat, we offer wash and fold services. So you may be able to very inexpensively get your laundry taken care of like today. All right. Well, I'm so I would uh, Google gonna, that. I'm gonna definitely Google that after this call because that sounds great. My husband, oh my gosh, he will be so excited. That's like he really wants to get a little part of the laundry. <laughs> yeah, because um everywhere when we were looking at pricing in our area, it's usually only like less than two dollars a pound. That's crazy. Yeah, wow, it's that's really wild. inexpensive. Oh, okay. Well, so. that could definitely be worth be worth it. Yeah. So I wanted to throw that out, but I, I my thing that. was bathrooms when mm -hmm. bathrooms are dirty. It just, I, I hate it, but yeah. I hate cleaning them more, mm. especially with three boys. That must be, I give you so much credit. I, I can oh, barely I clean don't it do with it. just my husband. <laughs> yeah. I don't do it anymore. I finally hired someone and she comes Good in and you. cleans our bathrooms and it seriously, the, the mental load that something yeah. like that puts on you, you have Absolutely. no, it's ridiculous. It's like yeah. my house was on fire constantly. That's how much the yes. mental load was. So Absolutely. it's really good to, to take care of that stuff. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> well, you're also in, okay. I can't say it's some of the hardest stages of child rearing because it's all hard in different ways. Mm -hmm. I think the the part that's so hard where you're at is they are so much different so quickly. Like yeah. in oh one month's time, they look, communicate, play, everything Absolutely. is like a whole brand new person. So it'd be really so hard true. to miss that at that stage. Yeah. Absolutely. That's definitely where I am. She is, um, her talking is really great, um, mm -hmm. which is fantastic, but she'll, you know, wake up from a nap and suddenly she's, you know, saying all these new things that she wasn't saying before the nap. And I'll see her at, you know, four o'clock or whatever. And I'm like, I've missed this all day and that's yeah. not okay. <laughs> right. So, I mean, having, Having no external sources dictating your time is really good. But another thing is this can always change. So right now, exactly. if you say, okay, I really can't handle the one day I have to go back to the three, that doesn't mm -hmm. mean it has to be forever either. So Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely what I am really excited about. And something I'm focused on right now is so 
you know, we're, we're on this trajectory right now where I'm focused on scaling my business because my next step, like I was saying, I love delegation Mm -hmm. is to outsource as much of my businesses as I can so that I can get down to a shorter work week and my work is just working for me. Um, That is really the goal. That's the goal that I'm working towards right now um, because I know I, I will not sustain, um, I won't be sustained emotionally by not being with my daughter more often if I can't outsource and spend more time with her. So that is definitely a huge focus for me is how can I scale? How can I hire more people? um, And how can I spend less time at my desk every day? That's, it's awesome that you are so in tune with your why. Because it's really hard on the hard days to keep going. And it's it's really easy to be stuck in the hard days and forget. So yes. I, I commend so you true. for how much you, you are in tune with that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you had said it was really hard for you to find other women initially that were in real estate and investing. Yeah. Why do you feel it's imperative for women to be working in that field? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. So I think there's so many reasons, but I'll talk about two of them. So one is financial freedom for all of the reasons that I just spoke about for myself, Um, whether they have children or not, you know, they have family, they have friends, they have passions that they are really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want them to be able to explore those things. Um, because I think so often as women, we feel like we have to take on the responsibilities and the mental load of other things going on in our lives. And to have that financial and time freedom to be able to focus on you and what you actually want, I think is so incredibly important for women and for us as a society (laughs) to grow and move forward. And then I think the other piece about it too is generational wealth. So whether you choose to have children or not, generational wealth is giving you options. Um, Do you have family or friends that are close that you would want to pass this money on to? You want to be able to have options in retirement that aren't just, oh my gosh, I have to save X amount. And like, I hope that I don't run out before I die. That's not a good place for anyone to be. And I truly believe that real estate investing is the type of investing that can uplift people and allow them to build that generational wealth that allows them to grow as people and grow their their fortune for their families. I just think that those are some of the biggest pieces. I read this article a long time ago where it was talking about finances and women and how when women are financially successful, families are successful. And I think the reason for that is because they feel secure, they can make decisions, um, and they can be in a powerful position um, in society. So I feel like that's why it's really imperative to have women in this industry. Now, you've talked a lot about real estate, which I'm personally intrigued about, but I also want to know more about your financial content creation and what just what it is and how you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really fun. So like I said, I, I minored in art and design. So being creative has always been something I've been really interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like being a content creator kind of combines two of the things that I love. One, 
creating content and being creative and to providing education to people. So what I focus on with my content is providing education around real estate investing, personal finance, budgeting um, in a really easy to understand way. I don't like to make it complicated. I don't want people to feel um, like it's judgmental or like, oh my gosh, you should, like we were talking about before, like all these acronyms when you're a newbie and you're like, I don't know, but you're expected to know um, because you don't know about things until you know about them. So it's really important to kind of, you know, start from scratch and there's no, you know, there's no dumb questions. It's everything is fair game. So um, I love to create that kind of content that is just like simple, easy to digest and easy to understand and be able to interact with my audience in a way where I can, they can ask me questions and I will just create content based on those questions because they're not the only one with those questions. So um, that's kind of the content that I focus on. So it's mostly financial and educational. That is awesome. You're going to have to Okay. I hate telling people what to do. I would appreciate it if you sent me links and stuff so I can share it in the show notes. Of course. Of course. I can absolutely do that. (laughs) Great. So I remembered what flew away before and it was, you were talking about how knowing finances is empowering to women. And Mm -hmm. I spoke with Allie before I think you yes. know her. <laughs> yes. We met on and, TikTok. TikTok oh, nice. friends. Yeah. <laughs> and we discussed a little bit about how societally women are not the financial ones in their roles and relationships and how that can be problematic for them. So I loved how you said that finances empower women because you don't have to be the breadwinner to know how finances work and how to budget. And it's absolutely imperative for everyone to understand that unless you have generational wealth and you will never be in a situation where that all will be gone or you have the assets to back it. Well, exactly. And I mean, here's the really like the so fascinating part. So 60% of people with generational wealth will have that wealth gone by the second generation. So if we don't educate our children on how to build their own wealth, it will be gone. Like that's the crazy part. It's like you could, so you could do great. Like, you know, you're like multimillionaire doing awesome. Then your kids, you know, they're doing great. They have like half the money left. And then by, by their children, it's gone. And it's just like, that's mind blowing to me that it could happen. But it makes a lot of sense. Like if you don't know what to do with your money, then how would you move forward? And I think um, the statistic is like the majority of your financial habits are built by the time you're seven. It's like, well, that's emotional too. Exactly. So there's just, there's so, it's so layered. Like I feel like everything with finances is so layered, which is why it's so important that we talk about it and not just like hush, hush, like don't talk about money. It's impolite. Like we need to talk about it and we need to be wanting our friends um, and our family members to also um, be successful and be wealthy. Yeah. Well, and not only that, when finances and women are talked about, oh, she's a shopaholic. Oh, she's a spender. She's a, and so it kind of glorifies. Yeah. And it glorifies the overspending and for women Mm -hmm. to have less. And I'm not Mm -hmm. okay with that either. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. 
I love opening the dialogue on finances, STEM, everything, just so that people know that there's more than what you see out there. And 100%. if you're overspending, you probably need therapy because it's usually a trauma response to something and a terrible oh, yeah. coping mechanism. <laughs> oh yeah. L- layered. So layered. I mean, like there's a random story mm-hmm. about my husband. Hopefully he doesn't mind that I'm talking about this, but he, when he was in college, he studied abroad in Italy and he had, he like ran out of money while he was there mm-hmm. and he got back um, to college and he needed to buy hangers and he didn't have enough money in his account to buy hangers. And so for years he had a hang up on hangers. Like we couldn't buy hangers. He was just like, no, they're too expensive. Like in his mind, he had created this illusion that hangers were super expensive. And so I think it was like two years ago, he was like, I need to break this mindset that I have around hangers. And so he's like, I'm going to buy a hundred hangers. And I mean, it was like, you know, $20 or something. Right. And he's like, I'm going to prove to myself that I can afford this. And sometimes it's just as simple as that. I mean, there's, there's just, it's layered. It, you're right. I mean, trauma response, there's, there's so many pieces to finances. It goes deep. <laughs> uh, I love that you shared that because so many people have that. Nick has some hangups too on things. He's like, it's too expensive. And I'm like, babe, it's really not. Yes. When he and I moved in together five years ago, I am not shy about it. We were broke as a joke. <laughs> we mixed oatmeal and hamburgers so that it would feed us for longer. We did couponing and mm-hmm. we would thrift and flip on Facebook just so that we can get through stuff. And of course, Absolutely. I moved here so that my kids could have a better life and they can't have a better mm-hmm. life if I can't put them in the sports and get them therapy and everything. So for all the extras, it's not like we were, we could afford our house and that was it, but we just yeah. desired more. <clears throat> Absolutely. And every once in a while we have to sit back and I say him, but I do as well. We'll sit back and we just reflect and be like, holy shit. We are not in that same boat. We are not carpooling because we can't afford gas for the other vehicle, even though we, you know, work in different places, you know? So that's, that's a good thing to sit back and really work through once you get to that point. Absolutely. That reflection is so important. And that reflection in and of itself can be really empowering. Oh, for sure. For sure. So you gave us advice on some, I'm just kidding. What advice would you give (laughs) for someone who would want to get into real estate? I mean, obviously go to your group first. Yes, absolutely. Come to invest like a woman for sure. You can, you, you know, come follow me and I'll give you all the info. Um, but so the best advice that I, I could give is don't be afraid to get started. Um, like we've talked about a couple times, so many people pretend to know things and they don't actually know things. So don't tell yourself that, oh, well, I don't have experience or I don't know as much as X person. So I don't think I can get started. Um, That imposter syndrome is real. It's very real. So recognize that. Be like, oh, this is imposter syndrome. 
but do it anyway. Um, because that, that is where the power is, is when you actually start and take that leap. Um, because you'll realize you probably knew way more than those people who were like pretending like they knew everything anyway. (laughs) That's always the way it is. So just get started. Don't worry about what everybody else is saying. Cause people will also tell you you're crazy and it's not going to work. And you know, every time, whatever, every year, every, no matter what you do. Your your loved ones, the ones that mean yeah. the most, they will tell you. I actually love well, that you brought that up because Nick wanted a laundromat since we started talking. He's like, I'm going to own a laundromat and a car wash is another one he wants. I love that. So I don't know why I found the dry cleaner laundromat when I did. It just, it's because it was divine intervention or something. It was just meant to be. You like put it out into the universe and it came back. Right. But we had opened our selfie studio three, four months before. That's it. We, so we were in this new business. Right. And then I was like, babe, you got to look at this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. he's like, well, it doesn't hurt to ask. So we asked and it was almost three times less than what they had listed it for and what they listed it for was a good deal yeah that's amazing so we talked about all the ways that we could you know potentially do it and stuff and he had the same thing even though for years he had Mm -hmm. wanted to own a laundromat he had watched videos you know he was comfortable with that but this came with a dry cleaner and mm-hmm. he had, neither of us had ever had interest in dry cleaning and he almost said, no, Yeah, he had to sit back, told you, YouTube, we are certified mm-hmm. in everything on YouTube. <laughs> you can find everything out there. So true. But yeah, That's he had to incredible. go through and spend weeks looking into dry cleaners before he was like, okay, yes, we can do Let's this. Let's move on it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's so funny in that story that you just told every things always happen like that it's like you you make a big leap forward and then all of a sudden it's like some other opportunity presents itself and some other opportunity and you just feel like you're on like I always say to my husband it feels like we're going down the rapids and we like really don't have control of the paddle but all these things keep getting presented to us and the momentum that it creates is mind-blowing and I think sometimes you just gotta roll with it because I think it's really powerful. It's like, it's like the universe is like, okay, you asked for it. Here it is. Like, it's already, it's here for you. And you're like, okay, okay. We're going to say yes. We're going to keep going. And it can feel a little crazy, but it's all going to work out. (laughs) Well, and I don't know if you have the same experience. We talk about the same thing. It's like, we put it out there. We started doing the things like went to therapy, started working out, started eating better, you know, doing the things to take care of ourselves. So we'd be capable of this. Plus we got our kids in therapy. So they were better, mm-hmm. you know, Love that. and Love then, that. like you said, it kind of starts spiraling, but have you fallen out of your raft yet? Or is it just scary? Um, so it's mostly just scary. We've had some, like, we've been like teetering on the raft, mm-hmm. but we've never fallen out. Everything's right. always worked out. that's kind of our life motto. If you, I mean, we've both been divorced. I came from a really shitty background. He came from a low income family. They're great. I love his family so much, but still low income and not where we aspire to be. So we have these different backgrounds and we Mm -hmm. have shit that we've dealt with, 
but mm-hmm. every time it works out. Yep. Yep. So yeah, even when absolutely. you start spiraling and your raft is going faster yes. and you go from a, a tier three to a tier five rapid, if yes. you're doing, you know, if you're consciously working yeah. towards your goal and not just mm-hmm. doing it to be an asshole, absolutely, you won't, you won't fall out. No. And you're doing like all those things that you said, you're doing the work. Like, it's not just like, I'm physically doing the work. Like I'm like, you know, I don't know, answering emails, and, like doing research <laughs> on a podcast, like doing, doing that type of work. You're doing like, you're taking care of your body. You're in therapy. You're doing like your mindset work. Like you're doing the whole, like all full rounded person work. And that's where things like the abundance, like really comes from is when you are fully working on every portion of yourself. Um, I feel like that's when things really like start to move like a well-oiled machine. Oh, it has for us, for sure. What's the best advice you've received personally? You gave us our advice. Now what's yours? So I would say it is the longer you wait to get started, the longer you wait to see results. It's true. Poignant. <laughs> <laughs> so who told you that? Was it a book? Or? I don't remember. I heard it a really long time ago and it's just turned into the advice that I give people. Um, and I don't know. I, I remember telling someone on, on a podcast back in 2020 and I have no idea where it came from. So I'm so sorry person no, who came up with awesome. that. <laughs> I've, I've coined it as my own now. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's. That's really good advice. And that's, uh, Allie asked me, she's like, what's your advice for people? And mm. I stole it from Nike. Just do it. Just that's do like, it. Love <laughs> that. Just do it. Cause it's so true because it does, especially when you have severe anxiety, which I did at one point, it feels like the end of the world. But if you can sit down and think and be like, when we opened our selfie studio, We had, because the market boomed, our house had doubled in value. So we took out a, we refinanced it and Mm -hmm. we paid off our loans and had enough left over. So we had still had a hundred K in equity just for fluctuation, Yeah, but we had enough to refinish our basement. And then I got the idea for the selfie studio. And after a few weeks of Nick being like, again but (laughs) and then realized you know the potential and what it actually was we had to sit down and we're like this is going to cost a lot what's Mm -hmm. this mean to you because at first we're like no that's a shit ton of money I don't want to just throw it at something and you just have to sit there and reflect and for us that meant we wouldn't refinish our basement just Mm -hmm. then that's it it wasn't yep. as dire as it seemed because when you say yeah. the numbers, that's a lot. But mm-hmm. our personal impact, how if we went balls to the wall and no one ever showed up, the worst thing that would happen to us is we just didn't have a finished basement. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's... that's a no brainer for me. But yeah, a lot of people, absolutely. they get that fear and yeah. they just get stuck and they can't just do it or mm-hmm. they never see the reward because they never start. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Where do you feel that comes from? Like for you, when you have those fears, have you ever just not been able to do it? 
Um, really good question. I'm trying to think, I guess maybe, I guess maybe I always have just done it. <laughs> That's kind of weird. I don't, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think about something where I like didn't do it. Um, I am very much the type of person where I'm like, well, what's the, what's the worst that could happen? And I'll, you know, I'll worst case scenario it. It just like you did, I can't redo my basement. And I'm always like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, we can sell it or we can, you know, whatever, whatever the other option is, there's always backup plans and contingency plans. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm always kind of like, let's just do it. And if it doesn't work out, we'll figure out what's next. And so far, you know, knock on wood, that's where <laughs> that's worked. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. So another personal question. Yeah. Are you going to have more kids? <laughs> That's a great question. So you don't plan, have to answer. <laughs> no, I can definitely answer. And it's, it's something I feel like my husband and I have kind of struggled with a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we always planned on having two kids. That was always the plan. And, you know, having our first child during the pandemic was really hard. It was really, really hard. And um, it was really hard on me. Um, my postpartum anxiety and depression was really, really oh. bad. And, um, you know, it was tough. I was, you know, stuck in a house for two, I mean, like a lot of people, but in a, maybe a little bit uh, severe way, <laughs> stuck in the house for a very long time. And I think that the thought of that, even though I know that won't be the reality with the next kid, um, I think that the thought of that makes me very anxious and it makes me worried because I, I don't want to revisit that time that I went through. So I think that's this one part, like there's definitely a fear there. There's definitely some anxiety around um, what that will look like. And then there's this other part where our daughter is so much fun and we are so, both my husband and I are so fulfilled by just her that I think we could completely see ourselves just having one kid now that we've had her. Um, but I am an only child. And that has been very challenging for me having to, and knowing that I will in the future have to support my parents. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the things that go along with that are very challenging to just have on one person. And I see my friends who have siblings who um, are able to lean on them in challenging times with whatever's going on with their parents. And so that is the one thing that holds me back from just being like, okay, one and done, we're done is I would hate to put my daughter in a position where she would need to deal with whatever's going on with my husband and, and I by herself um, okay. without a sibling. So the answer is maybe, probably, <laughs> but I'm not sure. We're still figuring it out. I think we're probably, you know, we're about a year away from deciding right. if we're going to have another kid. <laughs> Well, there's definitely pros and cons to yeah. having more children. I didn't even think of, I mean, I thought of women during the pandemic that were pregnant and how that would affect you, but it's kind of like the hanger effect. Mm -hmm. You think back to your pregnancy and it was lonely and I don't want to just, you know, bring you down, but I can only imagine how scary that would be. So yeah. 
Yeah. Either way, I think that you are doing incredible for them, <laughs> at least financially. She'll be savvy and yes, she won't that's true. be mom not knowing numbers. So it's okay to not know numbers. And mm-hmm. so you'll Absolutely. at least be going through that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you sound like you do a lot, but what do you do for fun? Yeah. Um. So I love wine, which you probably could have guessed from the whole vineyard thing. Um, so my husband and my husband also is super into wine. So we love wine tastings. That's like a big thing. We're going to do the W set, uh, probably in the next two months. So really excited about that. Um, we are also huge foodies. So love eating, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just food, exploring new restaurants. It's like, Oh, my favorite thing. And more recently, just like exploring our, we recently moved We're about a year we've been living in our new place. It'll be a year in September mm-hmm. and we live near the ocean and it has been just so incredible to just explore and like, we'll have like, just go have picnics by the beach and it's really nice. So that's what we're really into right now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that sounds relaxing. It's so <laughs> nice. Great. I am obsessed. <laughs> So where can everyone find you? Yeah. So I am on all the socials um, at Taylor Coleman Adams. I am definitely mostly on Instagram and TikTok. That's where you will find me the most, though YouTube is in the works. So, you know, that is over there as well. And then um, my website is just taylorcolemanadams.com. I made it really simple. It's all the same. (laughs) Awesome. It's awesome when you can get in there, especially with Taylor Adams. Yes. Being able to find a name that that's available everywhere. Even fragmenters was hard to find and you wouldn't think it's, so. I know it's crazy. Like all the things that are taken, it's like, oof. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, like I said, I would really appreciate it if you would send me those and I'll put them in the show notes nice. and your group so that people can get yes. in there and learn about investing from you. Awesome. All right, Taylor, I appreciate this so much and thank you for reaching out. And I am excited to follow you on TikTok and learn more. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to speak with you on just all of this. It was so awesome. So I'm so excited. (laughs) Thanks, Taylor. Alrighty. Bye. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. To continue this and more conversations, you can always find me at d at fragmentors.com. That's D-E-A at fragmentors.com on Instagram and Facebook at Fragmentors. And I also have a Facebook group uh, called Fragmentors where all the ladies with like-minded business sense hang out and enjoy. Thank you again. Bye. We got the right stuff. We got-